Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. There is a world between our world and the world of the dead. The underworld. One man walks the banks of both sides, bringing justice from beyond the grave, from beyond the river Styx. Styx Episode 4, The Siren Song. September. The days are shorter, darker, colder. Maybe it's all in my head, but I feel October 31st on the horizon like a thunderhead. But I also feel more alive than I have in a long time. Like I got a purpose. Hattie's here most days. She's good at what she does. I even thought I caught True smiling the other night. We got no leads and no clues, but for some reason, we're feeling lucky. Like something's gonna drop in our lap. It's dangerous feeling lucky. It's what you feel right before the house takes you for every last chip. I've talked to all the reporters on the Times social beat. There are hundreds of events all over the city this Halloween. If the Black Rose launch an attack, it'll be an event for the upper crust. Politicians, fat cats, actors. Maybe we should take the night off. Play nice, True. There'll be dozens of those parties. It's a needle buried in a graveyard of other needles. And as much as I hate to interrupt when we're clearly making so much progress, we have a client waiting. There's no time for clients, True. Unless you're going to save the city from the hole you call your apartment, I suggest you see the young lady. Besides, I already took her deposit. Fine. Send her in. (coughs) Please send her in. My pleasure, Mr. Wayman. Her name is Janie Smith. Miss Smith, welcome to Styx Detective Agency. I'm Blake Wayman. This is my, uh... Associate. Yeah, my associate. Miss Hattie Foster. You can speak freely in front of her. What brings you to our door? Money, Mr. Wayman. Not to put too fine a point on it. Money is why I'm here. And a lot of it. And I'm willing to pay handsomely if you can help me get it back. We talking buried treasure or, uh, kidnapped Benjamins? An entire state detective. Swindled estate worth one hundred million dollars. Hold the pickles. This should be the part where I tell you this sounds like a job for a lawyer, and I'm too busy. But go on. I didn't grow up with much, Mr. Wayman. Creaky floors, drafty windows, scratchy mice. Never bothered me much. I was a kid. But some nights I'd hear Mother crying in her bedroom. She'd known a better life before, huh? One night she had a glass too much, and she told me about the mansion she grew up in. Like a castle in a fairy tale. Then how her father lost it on a bad deal. The shock of it dropped him dead with a heart attack. That's a hell of a bedtime story. Something tells me it's got a twist. That twist came in the form of a letter. It was from an old man who claimed to be my grandfather's chauffeur. For years he'd be living in fear. But now that he was on his deathbed, it was finally time to come clean. Your grandfather didn't die of a heart attack, did he? No, Mr. Wayman. According to the letter, he was murdered. And the chauffeur had proof. Proof he'd only tell me about in person. You didn't make it in time? I was a day too late. He died and a secret died with him. I've heard rumors about you, Mr. Wayman. That you're able to find things other people can't. If you can find what the chauffeur knew and get back my family fortune, well, let's just say you'll be able to afford a much nicer office. Miss Smith, you make a compelling offer. But I gotta warn you, I'm working a case right now with Vegas-sized stakes. Maybe some time before I can get to your estate. How much time? If all goes well and we're all still breathing, November 1st. But I can take some notes for now. Why don't we start with your grandfather's name? His name was Murdoch King. 
Murdoch King. The name McDonough gave me five years ago on my first night in Underworld City. To Janie Smith, he's just a relative who should have left her a fairy tale life and a will. But to me, he's a man who once led the secret society that blew up my life. It seemed like fate that his name should drop on my desk now, when I'm desperate for clues. Of course, fate's a fickle mistress. Show me the picture of the chauffeur again. His name is Michael Peters. He's been dead a month and he croaked from old age. Hopefully they need to tell Janie what really happened to her grandfather's enough to have kept him in town. While you're looking for Peters, I'll go back to the Hall of Records and dig around for anything on Murdoch King you may have missed. You've been going under a lot lately, Blake. Don't push the timer tonight. Yes, Nanny. How about a Red Cross instead of your shot to put you to sleep? At least you still love me, Sphinx. See you all in a jiff. Blake? Yeah. Be careful, okay? Sure thing, Hattie. You too. Find Conrad in one of his usual spots, shaking down his forever empty cup and asking for change he never gets. In five years, I've never asked Conrad why he's a blind beggar down here, what he left undone up top. I don't know why, but ever since my last run-in with Lupo, I've been wondering about it. Wondering about a lot. Your gears are turning louder than your footfalls, Detective. Something big's going down up top. Something bad, and sometime soon. I know. I can feel it coming off the newcomers like the cold that clings to a body in winter. So what is it now? Murdoch King's granddaughter came to see me. His old chauffeur wanted to tell her something about his death, but kicked the bucket a day too soon. Murdoch King. Haven't heard you mention that name in a long time. Whoever offed him must have taken his place as the executive of the Black Rose. I need to find him. Another clue. Another trail leading off the path and into the woods. You ever wonder if all your pushing is just making this worse? Why is it every time I try to do something that actually matters, someone I know tells me to let it go? You mean like your wife? Or your old partner? How'd those turn out? I'd tell you to go to hell if you weren't already dead, old man. Since you're clearly not gonna listen, there was someone new. He reopened the old cinema on Broadway, advertised murder mysteries on the marquee, seemed like someone who had something to show someone. I'm hearing a lot of past tense. Not long after the grand reopening, the marquee went dark again, rather suddenly. Lupo? It didn't feel like Lupo. Subtler, cleaner. I think something strange is going on down here, Wayman. It's got me nervous. But if you want info on the movie man, talk to the snitch. Lickspittle. That fink. A fink who keeps his eyes and ears open. Anything else? Anything at all? There's a question inside that question. Just ask it if you're gonna ask it, kid. There's nothing you ain't telling me, is there? We still got our deal? In five years, if I ever steered you wrong, you'd have been served on a platter to the boatman your first time down if it weren't for me, remember? I remember. Lupo offered me info the last time I was down. Said it was something that would interest me. Lupo's mind is a snake pit. He'd just love to get his coils around you. You gotta trust me, kid. I just want what's best for this city. And for me? Yeah, kid. For you too. 
Fair enough, old man. I'll take that as an apology. I ain't the sorry type. See you around, Conrad. See you around, P.I. Maybe I felt bad for doubting Conrad, maybe I didn't. The old man never failed to point me in the right direction, that much was true. But stop watching your back in the land of the living or the dead, and knives tend to find their way home. Rossetti taught me that. Anyway, I had a job to do. If you're a snitch in Underworld City, a purveyor of information, you spend half your time dropping eaves, and the other half riding the train. That's where I'd find that worm of a ferret. Lickspittle. Bob, is this seat taken? I've been saving it for you, Lickspittle. Oh no, not you. I can't talk to you. Come on, Bob, make it easy on yourself. We can sit and talk like old pals or... <sighs> or I can chase you. Move! Excuse me, ma'am. Coming through here! Oh no, you don't. Back inside. You and I are going to the next stop. Oh, hell, today was such a good day. Picked up some nice scoops or traded them for some coin. I ain't been roughed up in a week. It can still be a good day, Lickspittle. Talk straight and I won't hang you off the back of the train while we chat. Come on, Detective Rake. What did I ever do to you? I'm just a soul trying to get by. Dead in an unjust city. How many souls have been faded on tips you dropped, huh? Feel free to round up to the nearest hundred. The old cinema on Broadway got reopened. Then the movie man took a mysterious vacation. Who was his travel agent? Come on, detective! Who goes to the movies anymore? I'm more of a reader. The movie man looks little. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't get all Doc Avenger on me. I got all kinds of juicy bites. You want them on the Kingston crew? What about the hip things? Or maybe the dead rabbit? Why so squeamish about a nobody cinema operator? It ain't him. It ain't even who took him. It's who ordered him took. Who? I can't tell you that, please. There's worse fates than getting faded, detective. They say the river forks downstream. Not everyone gets carried to the right. He can send you to the left. The boatman? Why would he be involved? I don't know. I swear, I swear, I don't know. All I know is they took him to Skilla on the rocks. It's a nightclub downtown. Talk to Lorelai. She runs the joint. Thanks, Lickspittle. See how easy that was? Just don't drop my name. I'm begging you. Do I look like someone who would do such a thing? Mm. Now beat it. Lickspittle is a cockroach, but he's an honest cockroach which is the only reason nobody's stepped on him yet. So when he's too terrified to say out loud that the boatman is involved, the hairs on the back of my ghostly neck stand on end. I've already been under a while, and the road's been windier than anticipated. I could only hope that Hattie was having better luck up top.
Are you sure you need to research this matter now, Miss Foster? It's nearly five o'clock and it's awfully drafty down here. I told you, there's something extra in it for you. I'm sure I've got a fiver here in my purse somewhere. A whole five? Jeez, <sighs> it is a little like climbing the stairs down into the underworld in this basement, huh? Indeed. This is where we keep birth certificates, death certificates, wills for old estates, the world of the past. Now, which family were you looking for again? The King's. Murdoch King, to be precise. Well, that is a curious slice of the city's history. You sure see the name all over. King Park, King Boulevard, King Hospital. The King family was instrumental in making this city what it was. I think, ah, yes, this should be it. Help me with this book, young lady. It is rather heavy, and mind the dust. <laughs> Good thing I took my allergy pill. How far back do the kings go, the Iron Age? There were kings here from the beginning. Murdoch was the last of the important ones, though. It all came to an end with him. See there? Cerberus Industries. He invested everything he had in them. Then they went belly up and disappeared. It was all the scandal at the time. There's a death certificate. Hmm. Heart attack. But there was no toxicology report. Ah. So you're one of those. Those what? The conspiracy theorists. There were always rumors about the kings. There usually are about the rich, but especially about Murdoch. What kind of rumors? At first, Murdoch was like most of the other kings when he inherited the family fortune. Odd. Into parties. Fancy hobbies. But he was a philanthropist, invested in the city. What changed? A tragedy. Then Murdoch took a dark turn. To be sure, he became a recluse, probably an alcoholic. But some say he delved into the occult, started participating in ceremonies, rituals. A few years ago, some fellow in a wheelchair came poking around. Convinced King ran a criminal secret society bent on destroying the city. Can you imagine? Yeah, what a kook. You said there was a tragedy, though. What was it? The death of his young wife and little girl. He was never the same after. Little girl? Is there a family tree in this thing? Yes. Right there. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Blake! Wait! Where are you going? I need help putting this book back on the shelf. And what about my five spot? Scylla on the rocks glitters in the fog like a jewel. You could almost be forgiven for thinking it might be a happy oasis in the desert of this city. Almost. I walk into a haze of smoke and sound. The souls inside are smiling, laughing, whistling. The revelry of fools who haven't figured out the joke is on them. Half the crowd in here is one more drink from the fade. The barkeep ready to pick up the coins like tips. Ah, what can I get you, pal? I'm looking for Lorelei. On stage, stranger. Only man I ever think of with the clouds pot and I see her, shining like the neon lights of a club. There's color in her cheeks, light in her gaze, not a scar in sight. She locks eyes with me from behind the mic, like she knew I was coming. Oh, how 
stranger. Enjoy the show. Lorelei, that was a lively performance. Usually a fella has to buy me a drink before I tell him my name. I don't buy drinks, and I don't carry coin. No, you don't, do you? Tall, dark, handsome, and alive. <laughs> You're him, aren't you? The detective. Maybe. Don't be coy. You practically glow amongst all these pale stiffs. A real live man in my club. I'm here for the movie man, Lorelei. Oh, don't skip to business. So dull. At least sit while I drink and pretend to want to chat. Shake me up something cold, Marty. I'm not one for small talk, either. Then talk about something big. Tell me something about your world. Not this city, the real world. My world? But then, you've never been there before, have you? You didn't die to get here. You could also say I've never lived. Not in the way you have. You're not human. <laughs> Did you think that the boatman was the only mysterious figure from upriver haunting this berg? What are you? Oh, don't get ahead of yourself, big boy. Let's take things slow. I don't have time for slow dances, lady. I got business up top, and that business requires the movie man. I'm under orders, handsome. No one sees the movie man. But I wasn't told that someone living would come looking. Does that mean we could come to some kind of arrangement? I would like to know what it's like to have just one taste of real life. That might be worth some trouble. How? I'm sure I could think of something fun. Nothing that would kill you, I promise. And it would have to be our little secret. No one will ever hear it from me, lady. Take me to the movie man. If he's the one I'm looking for, you've got a deal. Follow me, tiger. So I did. The scent of her perfume trailing behind her like a curling finger. Away from the light flashed the club down to the dark basement where the movie man was being held. And with him, the secret of the Black Rose. Blake's still under? Hattie, he's been under for a while now. I don't like that look on your face. Can we wake him up? Can you bring him back early? We've only ever talked about it. I keep a syringe of adrenaline here if the time ever goes to zero, but we don't know what it'll do to him. What's going on, Hattie? Murdoch King only had one daughter. So? She died when she was 12. Murdoch King never had a granddaughter. Oh, my God. I tracked down the chauffeur. He did die a month ago. He was murdered. But that means someone up here knows about the underworld city and sent Blake there on purpose. Right into a trap. Lorelei opened the door at the end of the basement hallway. In the small sliver of light, there was nothing but a coin. All that was left of the faded movie man. This whole thing was a setup, arranged with someone up top. If it makes it go down any easier, I'm sorry, detective. In other circumstances, I would have enjoyed more time with you. You think this is the last you'll see of me? You, you forget, forget that, that I'm no soul. soul. I'm, I'm alive. alive. I, I got tricks of my own. own. You do cut a frightening figure. <laughs> 
such a shame. But I'm no soul either, and I've got the trump card. A soul would have faded from that. I've heard pain described as exquisite. I wish I could understand why. I've never felt it before, not in the way you do. I'll just have to imagine it as I watch it in you. Goodbye, detective. It was all going dark. I'd never felt anything like that pain from her song. Digging into my soul, ripping it apart. I was wondering what it would look like to True when my body died in that tub. Would she see it happen? Then I thought of Hattie, when a shadow stepped out of the light of the door. I was seeing double, triple even, but someone had snuck up behind Lorelei and knocked her aside. Whoever it was grabbed me and pulled me to my feet. On your feet, Wayman. Come on, run! My rescuer slammed the door shut on Lorelei, pulled me through the basement, up to the club, and out into the street. Get out of here, Wayman! Get up top! Hurry! I dropped to my knees. The city was spinning around me, but I somehow found a way to locate my body, to swim back up. But just before I went, I got one good look at my rescuer, turning back to see me go, face flashing in a sliver of neon light. Drew, give him the shot. We don't know what it'll do. We don't know what'll happen if we don't. Okay, okay, I just... Blake, Blake, you're alive. We were worried, boss. The client... Was a trap, I know. But that means someone up here knows. I know. Blake, what's wrong? There's something else, isn't there? Someone up here's got it out for me. But someone down there saved my ass. Only saw their face for a second. Who was it, Blake? It was my wife. It was Elise. Hello? Hello, Janie. Know who this is? I'm surprised to hear from you, Mr. Wayman. I'm sure you are. I'm getting closer to the truth, Janie. You're in over your head, P.I., but he's willing to offer you an out. Stay out of our way. Let us finish our work. Afraid that ain't my style. Tell your boss justice is coming. This side of the river or the other. I'll pass it along. Mr. Executive, I'm sorry to bother you, sir, but... That was Blake. I know who it was. Our friend, Blake Wayman. He survived the siren song. Sir, maybe you should let the blade finish him off. He's just a man in a wheelchair. No, not yet. The detective needs to learn the final lesson, like I did. So what now? Get me the gypsy. We must take all that Blake Wayman has left on both sides of the river. Written, directed, and produced by Matt Rainey. Sound editing, sound mix, and music score by Matt Branseth. Performed by Brian O'Sullivan, Jen McGurk, 
Sharon Angela, John Lacey, Haley Greenbauer, Patrick Tutera, Alexi Capiello, Alan Smith. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.